Amen? So tonight, um, we've been in a series um, entitled The Source of All Fear. And tonight, I have a, I have a subtitle. Um, and this part of my message I stole from Santa Claus. And uh, there was a, there's a great quote in the, in the movie Miracle on 34th Street by the Santa Claus. And his, his quote, do we, have, do we have his quote up there? That's the title of my series tonight, Faith Versus Doubt. And maybe I don't have, maybe we don't, have, we didn't put that up there, but... Um, the that that quote, um, gosh, thought I had. Did we not? Did we not put that up? No. Okay. Oh, you're, you're getting it, huh? Somebody got it. I, I want to read it because it goes with my my word tonight. I, and I did get this from Santa. Here we go. Um, If you can't receive anything by faith, then you're doomed for a life dominated by doubt. One of my favorite comments. I put that on social media. and and, uh, Is it up there? If you can't receive anything by faith, then you're doomed for a life dominated by doubt. And we don't really know how true that that statement is. Most people don't really, I don't think any of us really know the depth of how true that statement is. That a life dominated by doubt and unbelief will rule a person's life that does not develop faith in God. And so, faith versus doubt is the title of my message tonight, and I want to I want to read Psalm 34 and verse 4 that we've read for the last five services as we've preached this message, this series, on the source of all fear. And David said, I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and He delivered me from all of my fears. It says, He sought the Lord, and He heard, he, God heard him, and David was convinced that God heard him, and as a result of that, he got delivered and set free. Amen? Liberated and free as a result of God, of him believing that God had heard him. And so tonight, I want to look at a couple things um, that I believe are really important in regards to what faith is. And I want to define from Scripture, literally from Scripture, What the Bible says that doubt is. What doubt truly is. And so, in in Genesis 1, and and that whole chapter, was the beginning of of this planet as we know it. And and the beginning of time with Adam that we know it is over 6,000 years old. And... In the beginning, there was nothing, and God created everything. And God created everything 
by what he spoke. And so, as the word was spoken, he said, light be and light was. He, he created the animals. He created um, the, the sun and the moon are in the sky as a result of the covenant that we have with God. God created the sun and the moon. There'd be a, there'd be a, a light at night and a light during the day. He, he separated the waters and the land and, and, and He spoke those things. He declared those things. And then they were. So, everything in life, everything in life is connected to a sound. And everything in life can be spoken to. And everything in life has ears to hear. Everything. I don't care what it is, and I'm going to give you different examples of what I'm talking about, but everything in life can be spoken to and listens. So, when there was no light, and God said, light be, light heard Him, and obeyed. When he said light be, light wasn't, and then light was turned on. So, with that thought, we're going to talk tonight about faith and doubt. And if everything has ears to hear, if everything in life has ears to hear, then the question is, what are we speaking to issues in life? Now, some people may have difficulty believing that a tumor in a body has ears. But when Jesus spoke to a sickness, or He spoke to blind eyes, or He spoke to somebody that was dead, or He spoke to a fig tree, or He spoke to this thing or that thing, when He spoke to that thing, He commanded that thing to be a certain way. He commanded blind eyes to do what? Open. And what happened? They opened. In other words, in other words, Blind eyes obeyed what He said. Right? When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, there's a story in the New Testament about a fig tree. And when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, and He said, nothing will ever eat from you again, that was a, a tree that was alive. It had life in it. Right? There weren't any figs on it, but it was still alive. And when he spoke to that fig tree, he said, you will never bear fruit. And that thing dried up from the root, and the very next day they said, look at the tree. Look at the tree. It, 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 it's dried up from the roots. And what happened? That tree obeyed what Jesus told it to do. 
there was a ruler from the synagogue that came to Jesus and he said, hey, my daughter is sick. Would you come and lay hands on her and heal her? Jesus started to, his, to Jairus' house and on the way, a woman that had an issue in her physical body for a number of years came and said, but if I can touch him, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Right? And when she said, I will be made whole, what was she speaking to? She was speaking to what wasn't right in her physical body. But she was speaking to that because of what she saw Jesus and had heard Jesus do. If I can just touch Him, I'll be whole. He had to stop and was distracted and then somebody came and said, Jairus, your daughter is dead. And when he heard that, he said, don't worry about it. She'll be fine. Well, no, she's dead. So he took couple of his disciples with him and they went to the house and they went in there and she was dead and he said no she's sleeping and they mocked him and ridiculed him and he kicked them all out and what did he say he told her he spoke to her and he said arise and what happened she arose and what happened they all worshiped God God's been speaking something really direct to my spirit for the last month and a half. And a month and a half ago, I woke up in the middle of the night and I heard the word complete. I heard that word. And since then, the word wholeness, along with the word complete, has come to me. And God says, I want my people complete and whole. Amen? I want people well. Well, when we think of being whole or complete or well, we think of being physically healed and healthy and whatever. That's part of it. But the physical part won't line up if the soulish part is not in line. Third John 2 says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And what I've lately begun to define soul prosperity is, is my thinking lining up with God's thinking. The Bible says, as far as the heavens are from the earth, so is His way of thinking versus my way. I don't want to try to get Him to think like me. I want to think like Him. And when that happens, then, then, then we get lined up. And what we've got to get lined up with is how planet earth operates. And planet earth operates just like heaven if, if, you, if you engage in the right way. You've got to engage with your words and your belief system on planet earth for earth to line up with heaven because God, earth is a replica of heaven. It's, it, it's a, it was created in the image of heaven. God saw all these things and where, where did his pictures come from? From where he came from? From where he is and where, what, what he created and it was heaven. And so when he spoke things in the earth, he was seeing things in heaven, and so what he spoke into existence was a replica of heaven. In our glorified, resurrected bodies, 
At the end of this dispensation of time, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. The Bible says a new heaven and a new earth. Earth and heaven were created to flow together. And when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and separated mankind from God, Jesus' blood brought it back. And now heaven has come back to the earth, and we've got to operate according to heaven's plan. Amen? We were created to operate according to heaven's plan. So, I just want to look at a couple of scriptures tonight. Not very much. Only about 14. No. Um, But I want to go to a passage of scripture that we've looked at a lot in this church through the years. It's found in Mark chapter 11. And we'll look at verse 22. Mark chapter 11 and verse 22. So Jesus answered and he said to them, this this is on the heels of the story of the fig tree where Jesus had cursed the fig tree. But I want to read this part and then I want to look at Matthew's account in the 21st chapter. So in verse 22 of Mark 11 he says, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not, what? Doubt. Does not doubt. Whoever says and does not doubt. But not, not, didn't say doubt in the head, he's talking about doubt down in our hearts. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that the things that he says will be done, he will have everything that he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Look at Matthew 21. Matthew 21. Something in Matthew 21 that I like about what he taught, what, when he mentions the fig tree. Matthew 21 and verse 18. Now in the morning... As he returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, he said to it, he said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. Now, Mark's account is they didn't see it withered till the next day. But in this, in this situation right here, Matthew's saying, you know, his account is, that thing is withered up. I mean, he just said, nobody's going to eat off of that tree ever again. Now, anybody ever thought that was unfair for that poor little fig tree? I mean, that just seemed like an unfair deal. I mean, okay, well, it just hadn't produced yet, right? Uh, Or for whatever reason, but why in the world would he do that? Because he was making a point and he was using a tree to do it. And he said to that tree, he said to that fig tree. Where was I? Oh, he said to the fig tree. Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Watch verse 20. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying... How did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, 
Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to a mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive them. So they marveled at the fig tree being dried up from the roots. And how quickly that happened. Why? Because Jesus believed that what he said was going to come to pass. And he said, not only is it, going to, is it with the fig tree, this is just an example. God said, God, he only did the things that the Father told him. So Father told him to curse the fig tree to make a point. And his point was this. Not only the fig tree, but anything in life that you believe and you're confident in that you have a right to receive, God created you and I to be in that authoritative position to cause things in life to line up. If something has attacked your physical body, what do you have a right to say over your body? What do you have a right to say? If you're in fear, as we've been talking about fear, what do you have a right to say to fear? What do you and I have a right to declare according to the Word of God? He was telling His disciples, and it's been duplicated ever since, on down for the last 2,000 plus years to all people right here to us today, and God's wanting us to grip and get a grip and get a hold of understanding how to walk by faith and to remove doubt. And to let doubt know that it has no place to operate in us. He said, whatever you say, what he said in this passage right here in verse 21, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also you will say to any mountain, anything that seems bigger than your life, be removed and cast into the sea, and it shall be done for you. Amen? God didn't create you and I to live here and live in this life not complete and not whole. He created us before the foundation of the world to be whole and to be complete and, and to learn that what we say is the way our lives will, will, will turn out. Your and my life will turn out based on what we say. What we get from God. David was delivered of all fear that was keeping things from happening in his life because he drew near to God. He became confident that God heard him and he learned how to hear God. God's teaching us daily how to hear from him. And when we become confident that God is hearing what we say, then we believe we have what we say. You notice in, in, in this passage, in both of these passages, it doesn't, say, it doesn't say that whatever I say to anything, it'll come to pass. It doesn't say that. It says, whatever I say to anything, without doubt in my heart, I'll have what I say. Amen? It didn't say just whatever you throw out there. There's a difference, there's a huge difference in life, in our lives, in what we confess on a day-to-day -day basis to do maintenance in our lives versus speaking to something 
that we know it has to change and not being afraid that it's not. Now, the other passage I want to look at is found in James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 5. And I want to define what doubt is. He said in verse 5, if any... If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Let him declare to God, who gives to all men liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind, For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because he's double-minded. He's a double-minded man, unstable in his ways. When we get born again and we learn that there are things that we need to speak out of our mouth, sometimes we get real quick about what we throw out there and we call faith. It's really not faith because we don't really believe. It's still being developed on the inside of us. But doubt is, in in the Greek, the word doubt is defined as double. It's double. In other words, when something that you supposedly believe, that you've been believing for, when when, when, when you're not seeing something happen and you begin to question that what God has told you is true, then there's an alternate opinion. And when there's two opinions, it's double-minded. Faith is single-minded. There's only one opinion, and it's God's. And when it's faith, and God's told you that it's true, if something's attacked your body, and you're declaring by His stripes that you are healed, and then Doubt comes to your head and says, well, you're not really healed because, look, you still don't feel well. Or, look, there's still symptoms in your body. No, but the Word says, I'm healed. You can have doubt in your head and still believe in your heart. I'm going to say it again. You can have doubt up here, and you will have doubt up here, but get established in your heart so that what you say comes to pass. Why? Because you're single-minded. I'm not going to be talked out of it. Well, you know, if this doesn't work, then I'll try that. That's double-minded. Let that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. From the Lord. See, there's receiving from the Lord, and then there's just receiving in the natural. My receiving from the Lord will eventually come into the natural, but when I receive from the Lord... I can't be moved by how anything looks, and that's what has to be developed on the inside of me. I've got to be developed to a certain place in my life where nothing can talk me out of it. Because if you can be talked out of what God has promised you, it's unbelief. Double-minded. huh? In other words, there's two options. There's what God told you, and then there's the backdoor escape route. Well, we're going to what we're going to revert to if what God said doesn't really work. 
And we've got to get rid in our lives. And this coming year, you're going to hear in this place a lot taught and directed in, in, in that way of us being made whole in the way that we think and perceive God and the way that we learn to receive everything that rightfully belongs to us. Because I'll just tell you this, and I've seen this in my own life, that when there's doubt in a certain area, my focus has got to be on what do I need to do to remove that? Why am I not trusting that what God has said is enough? Why? And that's where a lot of what we've talked about in the last few services regarding fear, that's where so much of the fear in life grips people's hearts. God tells you to do something and you step out in faith many times, there's going to be all kinds of naysayers and people tell you that, well, you know, that can't be done or that's never been done or, you know, you can't do that and you're not being responsible and all these kind of things. And I've had that happen many times in my life. When you step out in faith and you believe God, what you're going to learn and have to come to, the place you have to come to is to realize if God said it, then that's enough. And nobody's going to talk me out of it. Nobody's going to influence me in in a way or to a place that I allow myself to be double-minded in that area. And I'm telling you, that's where the fight is. And all hell, all hell is released to try to get you to believe that what you see is more real than what God says is true. Amen? One of the things, and I, and, and I want to just tie this up tonight, and I have a little video that will kind of define, I have a little video tonight that I'm going to show you in a second. It'll kind of define what my message was about and, and is about tonight. But I read to you Sunday two accounts in Luke chapter 1. One of Zacharias, who was a high priest, or, or was a priest at the time and went into the Holy of Holies and ministered into the, the, the priestly, in the priestly realm. And an angel visited him and told him about his wife who was barren that was going to become pregnant and, what, and, and who she eventually bore was, the, was the, uh, uh, John the Baptist. And, and he, the angel came and told her what was going to happen and he was in fear and he was startled and when he tried to con- the angel tried to convince him of what God had said, he didn't believe. He was in doubt and in fear. And, and then, the, then we talked about the story, how the angel of the Lord came to Mary. And, and she was startled, and fear tried to grip her heart. But the angel said, it's all right, Mary. And so when, when, when the angel said, you're highly favored and blessed above all women, and that you are going to bear a child and he's going to be the savior of the world, it didn't make sense because she was 16 years old and she wasn't married, and how is that going to work? So her question wasn't in fear and it wasn't in doubt. Her question was an honest question that was answered. And the angel gave her an answer. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And and told her what would happen. And her response was, her response was this, so be it according to your word and when she said so be it what was she speaking to she was speaking to her womb the holy spirit his entrance could o- he, he, the holy spirit could only impregnate her out of her obedience to declare it was so because 
God had lost control of the earth in the authority that he had given to man because man gave it to Satan. And so that entrance had to come through the obedience of a person. That's why she was blessed and highly favored. And Jesus and and the angel was prophesying that beforehand before it actually happened to her. She was blessed and highly favored as a result. But there's an account of two people that fear tried to grip their hearts because they were startled. If you were somewhere and an angel showed up in some big white gown and some light shining around him, you know, you'd be startled too. Most people would be startled. Everybody would in one way or another. But Zacharias continued to stay in fear and doubt. And it wasn't until he became mute and couldn't talk for all, that, all the time that Elizabeth was pregnant that along the way that he began to believe. Well, okay, at least he believed. But Jesus told his disciples, it's more blessed to believe and not see than to believe after you see. And that was the difference between Mary and Zacharias. And what God is desiring for his people in this hour to be, he wants us to be like Mary. Lord, this doesn't make sense, but so be it according to your word. In the same way that God created the world, now he's caused us not to create new things. You and I haven't ever created a fly. But what we're here to do is enforce what God says is so. And when my words line up with what he's told me to say, then I will see the exact same things. And everything that you face in life, everything that you face in life has ears. Everything has ears. Lack has ears. Every disease with a name has ears. Everything that you saw Jesus speak to or someone else spoke toward because of his faith every person that did that Jesus said your faith has done whatever made you whole or delivered you is your faith and when we don't doubt but believe that what we say is going to come to pass then whatever whatever mountain that we spoke to that mountain has ears and it's going to obey what we say when we believe it Not just because we said it. Remember in James that we just read? Any man lacks wisdom, let him what? Ask of God. Let him declare. Okay? That wisdom that we're asking for is not like the mountain. That wisdom is something that belongs to me. That I'm to engage into that. I'm to engage in to the wisdom that is there for me so that I have the understanding about what I can ask for in faith. Well, I'm just, I'm just asking for my neighbor's house. No, that's just stupid. 
you know, I mean, I heard a guy tell a story one time that he told, this, this is pretty stupid, but, but I heard one, a preacher tell a story of a man that came to him that was married that said he was believing for another man's wife and asked this preacher to get in agreement with him about it. I mean, if I was thinking something like that, I don't think I would tell another preacher. Right? I mean, you'd think that a preacher wouldn't agree with you. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'd go tell someone else that didn't give a rip. But we're not, See, we're not talking about things like that. We're not talking about things that are not the will of God. That's why we've got to know. So, if I lack wisdom about knowing what to ask for or what to declare or what to speak to, I ask, but I ask how? In faith, not doubting. I've got to believe that God's got it all. He knows what I need to say. He's already set my whole life up. Even before I was even thought about, my whole life has been set up. And man, why would we not want to dive into being in that perfect will of God all the time in every situation? Why? But the enemy's convinced people that God really can't do that. He really can't do those things. He really doesn't think that much about us. He really doesn't want that. I'm telling you, God wants things for you more than you want it. But we got to know what the will of God is. So, as I... In the book of Revelation, the Apostle John got revelation from Jesus to deliver to the seven churches in Asia, or the seven churches. And uh, one, one thing that he said to all seven churches was this, if any man has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. My faith for you, when I prayed for different people last Wednesday night and then on Sunday morning where fear was concerned, my faith is that fear is gone from your life. And that you have the faith to resist it. Why? Because you're drawing near to God. The Bible says, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you, resist the devil, and he will flee. Right? Resist the devil and he will flee. When you're not in fear of things, you can see clearly and hear clearly. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. What I'm believing is, anything in life that has ears is hearing what you say to it. We'll touch on this some more in the days ahead because we're going to define what this ears thing is in life. I mean, everybody's got some skin on the side of their head that we call ears, but those aren't the ears we're talking about. We're talking about internal ears, an internal hearing that goes totally contrary. Nine and a half times out of ten goes totally contrary 
what you hear and hear goes totally contrary to what you hear up here. And that's why when you have doubt up here, you can still have faith in your heart. When we cast those thoughts down and say, no, I'm not being moved by what I see. I'm being moved and I'm being directed and I'm stepping out in faith based on what I know is true. Amen? And I'm telling you today, Mary, I like Mary. I like her. I just like her life. I've studied more about her life even in church history. And I tell you what, you think about a 16-year-old girl telling an angel, so be it according to the Word of God. (laughs) I mean, a lot of 16-year-olds be running in terror. And she's saying, so be it according to the Word.